0: So, the Dog Point Podcast, Episode 6. Today, we have a special guest here. We have Sean Alexander, co-founder and chief culinary (laughs) culinary (laughs) officer. It's a mouthful. Of Foodie Nation. Welcome. And um, today, we're not talking about food, though. At least not human food. Um... We're here because you are German Shepherd Enthusiast. And so, how it arrived there, we will get to in a a little bit. So, just tell us, um, how did you get started owning German Shepherd and and discovering your love for the breed and all of that?
1: Yeah, so, um, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, How did I get started? Well, I think um, my wife and I were looking for some personal protection dogs because we grew up with the typical compound dogs or dogs in your yard, pet dogs, that kind of thing. But um, with the current situation in Trinidad, we wanted a change. We didn't just want pet dogs or pets in the yard, running around in the yard at night. We wanted dogs to live inside the house with us. And also we wanted a certain level of dog. Yeah. So we would have reached out to uh, family and friends. And um, coincidentally, Philip Lupo, who I think you remember, mm-hmm. he was the one who recommended Doreen or okay. um, Von Wadlstrasse, that kennel. And uh, he when I reached out to him, he um, he informed me that he had German Shepherds because we weren't looking for any particular breed. Okay. We were looking for protection dogs that could live in the house with us, move around with us, you know, stay in the car, that kind of thing. We did not go the route of we want a German Shepherd or we want a Rottweiler or a Pitbull or whatever. We wanted personal protection dogs. Um, We did not want to to spend the amount of money to import. So we said, let's look for... um, some locally bred personal protection dogs, and the ream name came up a couple of times from from model Shress. Right. and uh, because of the the quality of dogs he had, and they just happened to be German Shepherds. So that is how we we ended up with German Shepherds, and from there, I mean, we we fell in love with them. You know what I mean? No, um, um, more of a natural, you know, kind of kind of evolution into the breed and. Um, right. So while we got them, or you know the, the the process of getting them, we you know continue to educate ourselves on on the breed, on um, what it's like having a personal protection dog, you know, and from there the the love just um continues to grow today, to today.
0: Yeah, I remember I remember that day, meeting you by, by Darim. And just before you came, Darim said, "Mark, I, I want you to demo this dog for me, which was the mother, right? I want you to demo this dog." Say, "Okay, no problem. <laughs> I have somebody coming who's interested in, in one of the puppies." Say, "Yeah, cool." So we did a little demo with I, I think the father, the father and the mother. No, what, or just the mother.
1: Yeah, just, just the mother just the because. Mother. Um, because Attila was no longer in the country. Right. The father, yeah. He was sold to someone yeah, in the, the states mother,
0: The mother has a tendency to be a little bit on the <laughs> extreme side. So when it comes to doing any demo in, in obedience or protection, you know, they said, you can demo the dog for me, right? <laughs> said, no problem. And so we did that. And then, you know, next thing I get a, a, a call from you. About, you know, I'm uh, getting this puppy and, you know, what do you think I need and, and all those things. So we then discussed what equipment you're likely to, to need. You know, balls, crates, leashes, all of that. And then COVID hit. Yep. Everything on lockdown. And then I, I get another call from you. It's like, what can I do? I, I, I don't want to not do something. And then I suggested because we did it in within the, the training club to do virtual sessions. And at first, the expression was like, "What? what is this? <laughs> you know? And yeah, and then we, we started you with, with, with virtual training sessions and then you just took off from there really, you know, with practicing and then a week later in the next session, you showed me what your dog is doing by now. And the dog the puppy made big big strides. Yeah. You know. Because one, his dogs are super confident, they're uh, highly intelligent and you know, unafraid. They just anything new, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I don't think that has changed. No. Since then.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for us, the the entire process was new. You know, from yeah. from, from interacting with Darim, the, the The process with him was was refreshing because you know traditionally here, with um these these dog breeders here, they don't wait. They don't wait to come home by them. Mm-hmm. You know they're very secretive. They don't wait to see the dogs. You know it's a uh, it's it's very hush hush and you know it's all it's weird. But with Darim it was the opposite. He was like, sure I want to come home by me. Sure I want to see the dog strain? Sure he never said no. He right. never said no. So so when we came, of course, you know, we met you, we were able to meet you, which was also a bonus because he was like, Well, Sean, if it is you want to have personal protection, train dogs, um, you know, these are my trainers. Mark, he has been training my dogs for how much ever a year since well, I believe Winter Ream Father. Yeah. And um you know, so he he is somebody that I would strongly recommend. So naturally I would um would have reached out to you as you said and you guided me what type of crate to get for the dog, what type of collar, what type of leash. Because yeah. because to us, we were thinking, well, we could just go in the pet store and just buy a regular leash, yeah. a regular yeah. collar. You were like, nah, Sean, these, dog, these dogs are different. Yes. You're going to need yes. certain slightly, types of equipment. Slightly different drive <laughs> level, you know? Yeah, you're going to need certain types of equipment for your dogs. Your dogs are not regular dogs. You cannot buy... uh. Why um create for your dog no he is going to come out of that he's going to mash it up (laughs) so i mean the guidance but the guidance was very um the guidance was was very very welcoming you know it 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 really helped us along the way because again we were i mean without like persons like you and the we would have been doing this blank you know what i mean and getting the kind of dogs and we the got. The kind of
0: dog, I was not going <laughs> to say, the kind of dog that, that you got, you don't want to do this blindly oh my God. because you can end up in a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. You know, because oh yes. with that drive level and that confidence level, and it's not just that the prey drive is high. The nerve strength is high.
1: Yeah.
0: The fight drive is high. You know, there's, there's a number of drives that are on the high side, and with, which makes for an excellent dog, but you have to rein that in too.
1: Well, and yeah, control it. For sure. It, for sure. And, and, I mean, with COVID, um, you know, just as you said, COVID hit. Which, to me, kind of worked out to the dog's benefit because we had more time with him. Mm-hmm. But then when we had to do the virtual sessions, so to us, we were like, well, oh, this going on work? You know, are you going to <laughs> do a dog virtually? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, I mean, yeah. we, you know, we, we welcomed it. You know, I mean, we... You know, the, uh, so, so as I keep saying, the entire process was new. So we were like, listen, we have to trust this man. You know, yeah. clearly, clearly, if reem you know, a very well-established breeder is using him for all these years, he have to be doing something right. Let's yeah. trust him and let's just, you know, um, um, go along with the process. Yeah. And I mean, we did it. We did a couple of virtual sessions. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> and now as the world has, has moved on a little bit and I now specialize in virtual sessions, it, it's there is an aspect of, of those virtual sessions that I always tell people that works out to their benefit. And that is having trained dogs for almost four decades, there are certain things that I do automatically that I may not notice. Body position, body posture, tone of voice. There are certain things that in- exert a, a level of influence over the dog. And so if I'm doing an in-person training session and I take the leash and I'll teach the dog something and then i teach you how to do it. That influence is still there because I'm standing 10, 20 feet away. But when I leave and that influence is gone, your dog does not behave the same way. Mm-hmm. And so then a lot of dog owners kind of struggle. It's like, yeah, he's not doing the same thing for me as he is doing for you. And in the virtual sessions, that is not a problem because I was never there to begin with. I was there via a phone, tablet, laptop, right? So you as the owner get to handle the dog directly and do all those things and then put those body positions, posturings, and tones of voices into your routine because you're now instructed to do it. And, and that makes it easier and somewhat faster for dog owners to get results with their dogs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know? makes sense. I never even thought about that. You know, yeah, but that makes so much sense. Yes, <laughs> no, I, is, ha- yeah. I
0: have some people that they also is like. How how is this <laughs> gonna work? And a few sessions in, say, hey, this is great, <laughs> because they're now so encouraged. Because when they look at their dog behave differently now, they say, I did that. I handled the dog. I taught him this. Yeah, you know, under instruction, yes, but they did it, and so they feel more encouraged to practice more. Because it's now fun. It yeah. it helps the relationship between them and the dog because they work more. So therefore, the working relationship with the dog is deeper than just, okay, I have to do this five minutes twice a day. You know, they might do longer or more often just because they feel like doing it. And so the dog sees that too and then that, that is a more relaxed relationship. There the dog says, hey, great, we're doing stuff again. Nice. And then, Everything moves up. You know, the skill level of the owner moves up, the the level of training in the dog moves up, and everybody's happy.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of yeah the things know. that I really liked about it too was um the fact that you were able to use your dogs and kind of show us how it yeah. should
0: look. So you get a visual, right? Yeah, and that is the point. Somebody would say, "Yeah, but your dog is not a puppy. Your dog is is already trained." And Sure, but that doesn't take away from the picture. Yeah. You know, he might do it faster than your dog because he's done it a million times. But that does not mean it's different. Speed comes with repetition. Yeah. And so, you know, and using, switching from food to toy and all those things, that is where the speed comes in. So, but that doesn't mean that it looks different in the way he goes down or the way he sits or the way he comes to me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Plus how you... Plus when you do it with your dog, you were able to show us how our body posture should be. Yes. You know, not just the dog because I mean, obviously, you know, most people tend to focus on the dogs but... uh, a lot of it has to do with the hand, look. Yes, right?
0: a lot. <laughs> Most of it. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were able to show us how to stand, how to position the toy, how, how to adjust the toy according yeah. to the door. And how to
0: manipulate the drives, right? So for instance, if you want to do a recall out of a down. But just by standing up straight and looking at the door calmly and not saying anything, the drive level in the door goes up. So when you do release him to come to you, it comes faster. And pays more attention to you sitting looking, looking up at you when he arrives. So it is those little manipulations that, that come into play as well. And if you see somebody do it, then you're more willing or more inclined to replicate it. It's different from seeing somebody in person because when it's an in person session, people look at their dog. Yeah. When they look at the video of me demonstrating with my dog what I need you or, or them to do, then they look at the whole thing, which is another positive aspect of doing virtual sessions. And of course, the beauty is you don't depend on rain, flood, oh yeah. oh sun, yeah. day, night. Doesn't matter yeah, yeah. anywhere, any world. You know, yeah, you save time. You actually save time. Yeah, you, you can train a dog in a different country. <coughs> The same way you train a dog in country.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so it's, it's, I love it. I love it. And that's why I made a, a, a conscious decision since then to really dive into that and specialize in it.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, and point out all those things to, to the client right in the beginning. All the, 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 the nuances that they're going to pick up by looking at the whole picture, not just their dog. You know, so and it's working. As everybody who tries it is like, hey, I didn't think that it would work so well.
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I love too was that, um, so we would we would do weekly virtual sessions. Mm-hmm. That's what we were doing. We were doing weekly virtual sessions. But then you would also allow us to like send you videos, you know, throughout the yep. week. I'm not sure if you're still a uh, Yeah, our I'm doing that still do
0: with, that. With, with virtual clients. Okay. If you have okay. any question, if you're not sure about something or you're th- Think you're doing it right, but you're not sure. Send me a video. I will tell you, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Or no, change this or change that.
1: Yeah, because you that know? for me saved time. Because I didn't have to wait a whole week to interact with you or to find out, okay, well, am I doing this correct? Am I doing this wrong? You know, the next, literally the next day, I'll do it in the evening, send it to you. And maybe you know within a few hours, you'll just respond.
0: And I always encourage people to send videos rather than explaining to me in a voice note of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Because in the video, I can look at what I need to see. Mm-hmm. To help this this client, right? Yeah. Whereas in the explanation, I'm depending on what you're telling me. There's a big difference there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, remember the um, I'm not sure if you remember this, but remember one time I did a recall with Sambo and he literally passed a bunch of screaming kids and came running straight to me. Yeah. You remember that yes. video? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were like Sean, you didn't even realize. How focused your dog is on you, he passed all those screaming kids, and i didn't. Re- I didn't even realize that you know like that was like something um that yeah. was a positive that would distract many dogs,
0: many dogs, if not most right because screaming kids are just like a whole herd of you know prey animals running mm. around so it's, a dog might not go after it, but certainly distract it and look away and what's going on there. And your dog was just staring at you and passing them like a bus coming straight to you when caught, which yeah. is what you want, right? You want your dog focused like that. And your dog is, is tremendously good at focusing. And so, it's yeah. this is one of the things I love about it. Yeah. And, and, he's training willing and, training. and, and his, his willingness to work, right? He lives oh, yeah. to work. The moment you, you pick up a, a, a toy or a training tool or something, he's like, <gasps> we're training. <laughs> he gets oh all yeah. excited about it. I don't know if he still does. Oh, yeah. But, oh yeah, yeah oh I yeah. would suspect, though. Right, oh, yeah. And that is when you know you're doing something right. Yeah. If your dog wants to work with you, if your dog wants to do this, you know, then the picture comes together.
1: Yeah, I think guidance is important because, I mean, we... You could go on YouTube and you could see a video on how to train your dog to sit or, you know, whatever. Mm, you could yeah. you could buy a book. But, I mean, you don't get that kind of access to knowledge that you get with when, you, when you're interacting with the actual dog trainer. You know, and I think that, to me, was a big plus. The fact that I could probably message you. I mean, well, we, we talk all the time, you know, but, yeah. but like w- when they were puppies... I mean, I would message you and send you videos almost every day, every other day, and it's yeah. like instant response. Okay, Sean, you're doing this. You know, just that general guidance And I mean, not only um with the with the obedience training, you know, the crate training, um the general sociability. Remember, like how I will go parks and I will tell you, well, okay, the dog reacting to this, so you know how, what to do, and you know, is is that's something that that I think a lot of people don't realize they get in when they, when they sign up with a trainer.
0: Yeah. And how, do, how to step it up from the, the quietness of a yard mm-hmm. to a low-frequented park to then some medium activity to a full-blown let's go in the savannah. Yeah. Right? To, to ease the dog into that is important so that the dog is say, yeah, I've seen this before. Yeah, I've seen that before. And then by the time need to runner, it's like, yeah, <laughs> come with something new. You know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just routine, any dog is stoic and just focusing on you no matter what's going on around him. With dogs passing, people passing, kids screaming, you know, car slamming brakes. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. You know, he's just with you and, you know, interacting with you and, and working with you. And that that is what he wants.
1: yeah yeah Yeah, and first that's important because i mean we go all over the place with them you know they're in the car with us if we go in the grocery if we go in any errands you know work sometimes even so so for us that was a big um big aspect of the training too we wanted our dogs to be civil (laughs) you know we wanted them to be fairly social and calm and and stoic as you said
0: yeah and it's only exposure that will do that oh yeah right because if you have a dog that is protection trained, that is as confident as your dog and high drive as your dog, when you present him with something that he doesn't know, his first reaction is gonna go, You make that move again, I'm gonna do something about it. Yeah? Versus you teach him, No, you know, stand down. Mm-hmm. It's okay, it's cool. And then he, he sees that picture a few times and then he's like, Yeah, something to watch, but not
1: yeah act on oh yeah you know? oh yeah and also like let's told <laughs> we did not expect the dogs to be um um how to say this boy because we were just so accustomed of pet dogs you know like your average dog yeah so when so having these dogs and like what let's say like 12 months into sambo when we started to like go into the public with him mm-hmm. and really see Wait a minute, we really have a protection dog with yes. us. You know yes. what I mean? When he takes about himself a to very to well trained, him, right? yeah, before yeah. before he
0: has all the, the guidance and the protection work to teach him when it's okay to act, when it's not okay to act. Right? Oh, so yes. that little phase between year to year and a half, where he's now learning those things and versus the things that he wants to do. You know, it's like no, <laughs> stay here. <laughs> you yeah. he can't go.
1: Yeah, because you know, we will see dogs in the public. I mean, you know, pulling their owners, barking at the wind, barking at balls. You know, and and, and Coco, they just they're chill. But um, also, people will come up to us all the time and be like, "How oh, your dog so calm?" Or "How oh, your dog?" <laughs> and of
0: course, your dog is
1: like, <laughs> and they don't realize, you know, it's you don't training. Come you know. <laughs> exactly, but it's training. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? What else really? Brought them to this level is training. It's training. Training. And working dogs are different from other pet dogs.
0: You know? Sambo is not your average Yorkie Correct. You know?
1: Correct. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's more a bit of a how how heavy is he you now? Ninety pounds, eighty, ninety pounds? Yeah, probably wrong yeah, a yeah. ninety pound missile, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. When when told. So yeah, it's it's and people need to understand this. If you, if you get a high-drive working dog, it's a different level of commitment that you have to bring to that dog yeah. than if you get a couch potato. You know? A working dog acts vastly different from a basset hound. You <laughs> the only time that you know that that basset hound is alive is when he goes to the football. You know, the rest of the time he's passed out on the couch watching TV. So. <laughs> You know, your dog is the polar opposite of that. Your dog is like yeah. m- looking at you and every time you get up from, from a seat, he's like, we're working, we're going somewhere and we're doing something. right? And so I had that with Ninja. I couldn't turn around on the bed without him flying up and saying, we're going somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just jumped up from his pillow. He's like, we go going, we're going. Because it was not unusual when we did some working point analysis. He was a detection dog to get up at four in the morning and go there. Mm-hmm. So me just getting up to go to the washroom at night to him was halfway a signal of, of, oh, we go in, we work in. And I, no, go back to sleep. And he could see the disappointment in his <laughs> face. It's like, what do you mean you want me to sleep? <laughs> I'm all geared up and ready to work. No, we're not going anywhere. Go and sleep. <laughs> uh, <Okay. yeah. laughs> he would mosey off, lie down, and then let out a one big long sigh to show me his dissatisfaction with that, and then he would go back to sleep.
1: <laughs> yeah, because um, over the weekend, somebody asked me on Instagram, like, "What's it cost to train to train the dogs? Because <laughs> because we post them regularly now. So they were like, is it expensive? So I told her, something is only expensive when you do not understand its true value. Because true. because I can't, I mean, a, a question like that is not a simple yes or no answer. For me, for me and Chrissy, I mean, knowing what we know now, although at the beginning, we had no issue with paying for training mm-hmm. because we understood the, you know, um, anything you want in life, you have to put in some work, have to spend a little time and a little money. Right. And I mean, seeing you know, our dogs now operate anywhere. Right. I mean, I have, n- I have zero complaints. So that's basically what I told her. I was like, listen... You see how my dogs are, because I post my dogs regularly. Do you think that I think it's expensive? And she was like, nah, nah. I was like, you see? So it's not.
0: And people have the wrong idea. It's also a cultural thing in Trinidad, right? A dog is something you just put in the yard, you feed it, it grows up, and then it kind of protects you. Runs around, plays barking. That is not what you have. But that is what people think it is. Right, And you just have an exceptionally calm dog that when people see you with your dog, that is the first thing that goes through their mind. If you tell that person that if you purchase a trained personal protection dog in the u s it's somewhere in the vicinity of forty five thousand u s dollars they go to, for dog <laughs> 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 yes, <laughs> and people buy those ready trained,
1: yeah,
0: you know so Yes, to get a dog to to, to that level is not cheap. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of expertise and knowledge that has to get into that, that has to go into the dog, you know. But when you have the the end product and it's never really, I don't like the term end product because it's never finished. There's always better. The advanced product that is your dog, it is... Very, very rewarding. When you know, I can take my dog anywhere. I can put him in a down, walk out of sight for half an hour and come back and he's still in the same place. Yeah. (coughs) You know, I took took Ninja with me to the veterinary school to do a lecture on safe handling. And it was two times an hour and a half with an intermission with him doing a demo. And the two halves of an hour and a half, I put him in a down under the whiteboard while my back is turned to him with me lecturing. And after the first hour, I noticed that nobody was looking at me. They were listening, but they were not watching. Right? They were looking at the dog, and they were just like, why is this dog not moving? You know, why is he not getting up? It's been over an hour, and he's not getting up. He's not walking around. And then after the demo, I put him back down again, and then the same thing. And they're like, he's doing this again. It's how is he not? And then somebody raised the arm and actually asked the question that everybody wanted to know. So why is he not moving? Because the last thing you heard was down. And he knows he has to stay in that position until he hears me say something else. And of course, ninja being ninja, he then yawned audibly <laughs> to let me know he's getting bored. <laughs> right? And I said, oh, You need something to focus on, no problem. And I pulled his ball out of my pocket and I just rested on the corner of the lectern. And for the last 20 minutes of that lecture, my boy was lying in that same position, staring at the ball. He was not looking at them, he was not looking at me, he was looking at that ball. And he was staring down that ball. And when everything was finished and the questions were answered and I just flicked the ball off the lectern. And he caught it in the air and went back in his down position with the ball in his mouth. Happy. (laughs) Happy like puppy. Because he got his reward for what he was doing. Yeah. You know? You can't do this with an average dog. You know? Unless you put in the same amount of work. It's not specific to to the breed. If you have a high drive hound, you can do the same thing. You can achieve the same thing. But you have to put in the work to get there. It does not... Dogs don't train themselves. Contrary to a popular belief. Right? And that is why worldwide we have so much problems. So we have a need for security. So people get large dogs, they get must-ups. As trainers, we say, okay, experienced people should have must-ups. Yeah. Same with Rottweilers, right? Especially the higher drive ones. Because they tend to be a little more dominant. Mastiffs in particular. And people who have never had a dog before say, okay, we have a young family and we want to get protected. Unlike you, there's zero research going on, right? And they just, the first Mastiff that gets you know, offered up on Facebook is the one they get in. And then when the dog is a year and a half, I get a phone call a, he's a good dog you know but we have a little problem with him <coughs> I said what is it well he, he's getting a little aggressive I said well aggressive with who well m- mostly strangers but sometimes also us I said okay so now you want a immediate stranger to come in and fix it yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> and I do I go and I do I, you know interact with the dog say, this is a, can only go two ways it's either you listen or you bite me <laughs> there's nothing in between so go in brave and, and win the dog over and, and work with him and teach him no you can't be doing this and no you can't be doing that and this is what I want you to do and make an attempt to turn him around but if you get a dog that is naturally somewhat unstable due to poor genetics then that can be a tough call because he will appear fine until he trips and that has happened a few times right there is one bloodline of Mastiffs here here in this country that hopeless when it comes to dog aggression they come they lose their mind if they see a dog there's one bloodline this is one one particular breeder they all come from Hmm. and you know I came in contact with three of them two are no longer around and one got rehomed where he's a single dog was the, and that was the result, and it was not m- my recommendation. That was just dog. When I said, no, nah, I can't have this dog around my children, and I can't, it would be irresponsible of me to give it to somebody else with that same problem. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah. I think, um, price, price should never really be the determining factor or the only or main determining factor when selecting a dog because when we were looking, um, we were, we were recommended, um, to. To reach out to for model trust because mm. of because of his good his good reputation. But as you said online, I mean you could find you could find anything you want for yep. what two thousand dollars, you know, TT dollars, twenty five hundred TT dollars. And the funny thing with 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 Darim is, we never. So I have two dogs from Dareem and to this day, he has never told me the price of the dogs. You know, so when like so so with Sambo, when the when, um, when their mother made them, he was like, um, Sean, um, after two weeks, he, uh, once you're interested, you have to make a down payment. Mm-hmm. Sean, no problem, made the down payment. And um, he was like, when you collect him, you can just pay the balance. So, I was, so if you go to collect the you loan, know, I'm like, well, how much is the balance? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Also, I didn't tell any price. I was like, no. <laughs> no. But I say that story to say that we never, it was never a factor for us. Right. You know, it, it, I mean, of course we don't want to spend a million dollars on a dog, right? Right. But, but we wanted the same, a good dog. Exactly. We wanted a good dog. And the same thing happened with Coco. What we did, well, we assumed the price was the same as Sambo. <laughs> so the price was a little more, right? <laughs> but, but it was no problem for right. us, you, you know, because he never told us the price and we never asked, you right. know, but just to stress that it just, it's, you cannot, buy these type of animals based on price because
0: because there's also differences in 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 breeding and genetics so if you have a dog that you got for x price to create the other litter where you get your second dog from may have required importing a dog or two dogs even right where the initial outlay is a lot higher And maybe those dogs have proven themselves by being titled. And so the puppy can't be the same price. You know, so there there is variations even within a breeder in terms of the pricing of the puppies. It's not a standard rate. So no matter what I breed, this is my price. It can't work like that, you know. And, And the thing is, people oftentimes think, oh, so much for a dog and believe that a breeder is making no end of money selling puppies. A good breeder doesn't. A good breeder imports dogs all the time. And our country is oftentimes, you know, recognized worldwide as the rest of the world, <laughs> right? We're not part of the EU. We're not part <laughs> of <coughs> the, the American bloc, right? So. In, in Germany, for instance, if you send something to Trinidad, DHL will tell you that the category, the price category to send something to Trinidad is the rest of the world. It's cheaper to send something to China than it is to not send sure something to Trinidad. Right? So by the flights you have to, that dog has to take to get here, you know, it, it's not cheap. It's a very expensive endeavor. And, you know, you have to have endless... Mm litters if you dream of making that back and a good breeder does not breed that often yeah true with a female right
1: yeah because we waited we probably waited about nine months from let's say first contact with dareem to when we got sambo probably more than nine months if i'm being honest but it was less than a year so let's so let's say like you know um nine eleven months we would have waited because dareem and then the other thing with dareem was that he would have had probably one or two letters before. And he was like, Sean, this letter is not for you. Because he knew what we wanted. Mm-hmm. He was like, Sean, no. Let's wait. Right. we waited. You know, how much breeders doing that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, most,
0: <laughs> most um,
1: quotes, I, I said it in air quotes, breeders.
0: <laughs> once a letter is there, I have a client right now who is receiving a dog. This week, a puppy that is four weeks old. Because the breeder told him, well, the mother stopped nursing. So they are on solid food and um, I have to travel. And I told him, I said, this this is criminal. This, This should never be, you know. A good ethical breeder would never yeah. do something like that. You know, they keep puppies until at least eight weeks, and even if they don't get milk from from mom anymore and they're on solid food, they keep them together, growing up and develop social skills and all yeah, of that yeah. before they leave. You know, it, it's when I heard that I was shocked, I'm like, say that again. I actually asked him to repeat it. You know, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I have no words for, for people like that. I have how, absolutely no words.
1: How do you think the um the community has evolved? Because you're doing this for how how much years now? When working with dogs?
0: Yeah. close to 40. But in Trinidad? In Trinidad is... I'm here in Trinidad 25 years.
1: But how you find... You think it's getting better?
0: Yeah. Okay. It this. is. When I first got here in, in 98, it was all... Yeah, a dog is something that you just raise in the yard and toss some food and hope for the best. Um, What was different, though, was that pet store owners would go to trade shows. So, the equipment that you could buy locally was of a much higher quality than it is now. Really? Yeah. You got good quality leashes and and you got the Herms Sprenger stuff in collars and and you could get stainless steel collars and you could get all kinds of things and then somebody came up with the glorious idea we bring in a container of dog stuff from china and open a marketing and distribution company and then the pet store owner said great i no longer have to book a flight to vegas i can get everything right here and with that it went rapidly down the hill in, uh, to the point where some pet stores known to have good stuff, when they started doing that, they went under. You remember a pet store called uh, that, w- that was on Maraval, where bottle stop used to be? It had a pet store mm-hmm. hey. opposite where now has a little place by by. Mm-hmm. Tri- by yeah no really... so they had a pet store there that was one of the most known pet stores in port of spain and they went under they had another branch in san augustine that went down the hill too same spain it was uh, in san augustine it was a perfect location that's where i would was shopping right yeah because it was close to home and they just started having nonsense in their store and then people started staying away there was the hardcore ones i would still buy food You know, and you and I both know what that does, and you know it's it's just cheap Chinese
1: stuff. Yeah, because I remember when we started. That's why I told you. mm -mm. Yeah, (laughs) that's (laughs) Mm -mm. what I was going to say. Here's a list of what you need. (laughs) Yeah, you know. (laughs) When you send me the links, I was like, (laughs) "What is this place? Elite Canine Hallmark?" I was (laughs) like, "Oh God!" I was thinking, "He go and send me some Amazon links (laughs) or something." and of order but I mean it's worth it because like to this day his collar he's the same (laughs) collar yeah the same collar you know the leashes more or less the same equipment you know it's a little more money yes sure but it's better it works a lot better yeah
0: and so as a result one of the things that I did because I saw the trend and it's the trend is still there today. So you get a lot of cheap stuff. We get a million and one harnesses that do nothing for training. Right? And pet source recommend them to people. Yeah, yeah, the harness. My dog choking himself when walking. Well, train it not to. That would be the easiest solution, right? And it's, it's fairly easy to do. And I have free videos on my social media showing how to do this. But no. We purchase a harness so that the dog can pull harder. Right? <laughs> That's the the result so I said no there has to be a way where I can direct people to you know do better and so we did a lot of work behind the scenes and we got our Amazon storefront and I can populate it with what I want to populate it with so I went through hundreds of pages on Amazon going for dog equipment and picked what I Consider the the best available on Amazon and put it on my storefront. That is to cut down the search time for people.
1: Yeah, well remember you, you know? helped me recently with the prong because yeah. the brass, the brass one I had was only bending. Yeah, and um, you were like, well just buy the um the stainless steel yeah, one." Yeah, you'll the set black, the black stainless steel. Yeah, it was straight from your store.
0: Yeah, and you have a black dog, so you yeah, <laughs> it's invisible <laughs> on your dog, right? And, yeah, and that, that is what I did. So we have anything from from grooming tools to books yeah. on nutrition, on collars, leashes. Yeah, yeah. You, you know helped it.
1: me out with grooming too. Because remember um, what we were doing, we were having a, a plate of curry, up mm-hmm. on the training field at night, and we were talking with some other club members. We were talking about um, keeping the dogs in the house. Mm-hmm. And... Um, one of the club members was saying how his mother-in-law can't take the smell. Mm-hmm. And you opened your mouth and you was like, um, try the defuminator." Yeah. And the both of us was like, what the hell is a Yeah. Because we buy in, I mean, the, the most expensive shampoo. We're, mm. the, we're using the regular grooming brushes. Mm. But you were like, no, get this defuminator." Yeah, because it, it takes the dead skin cells
0: out of, out of the undercoat. It takes out the, the loose undercoat, the dead hair. And the dead skin cells. And <coughs> what happens is that that is what smells. So if you take that out of the dog frequently, your dog doesn't smell.
1: Yeah, big difference. You don't, Huge you the dog is difference. The
0: only, the only downside to, to that tool is it's not really for the longer-haired ones. You know, some Shepherds have a longer coat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can't really use it on that because it has a blade and it does cut the coat. Mm. So the coat gets shorter. So if you have a dog that you want to show... You can't use that. It's not suitable for Huskies and and so forth. But um, anything shorter, like my my Rotties or even my my Shepherd, they love it. They love it. When I have it in a bucket outside, when I reach in the bucket and pull it out, they jump up on the little retaining wall and sit down there waiting for me to to (laughs) start. Even force. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah. He gets excited when I pull it out and puts himself yeah. there, sitting like a statue. Yeah.
1: You know, that's something else a lot of people ask me too. So, my wife grooms them and I bathe them. Mm-hmm. And from time to time, I'll also put that on um, on my social. And people will be like, How are your dog lying down so good when you're bathing the mm-hmm. dog? Or they will ask, her, How are the dog sitting or standing or lying down whenever, when you're grooming the dog? And we're like,
0: Trade him. Trade him, yeah, you're <laughs> teaching him. Listen. There was a time where to bathe force was an MMA match. <laughs> 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 he wasn't being aggressive about it, but he's like, no, I'm not having this. And he kept moving, you know. And now he will sit there and you have to actually lift this backside up because he doesn't want to come out of his sit. He's just like a statue. It's like, yeah, but I need to do any the back there too. And you have to lift him up, tell him stand, and then he stands there, and then you get to do the rest. But he loves it. You know?
1: Yeah, but I think for us, the training, I mean, because, of course, we have them for, for protection, ideally, right? But just the general stuff, being able to beat them, being able to, to groom them, having them in the house, if, like, let's say, a, a stranger to them comes to visit us, they... You know, we could keep them quiet, you know, keep them in their crates, etc. Just it's, it's, some people forget that we even have dogs, you know, Mark, when they come by us, you know, because the <laughs> dogs are quiet. <laughs> they forget we have dogs. And then we'll see they're black, so They don't they see they them don't in the see them. <laughs> They look invisible. You only see tongue. <laughs> <laughs> people <laughs> get startled when yeah. they suddenly see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but again, like the training, you know, these, these little steps that we took. It pays dividends. It yeah. pays dividends. And yeah.
0: you think about crate training, right? So I hear people mm-hmm. when when I talk about crate training on my socials, some people comment, right? Oh, locking up a dog in a crate is cruel. You have children? Yes? Your child was in a crib? Yeah. It wasn't a playpen? Yeah. Stop talking about crates. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay for your child, but it's cruel for the dog? Yeah. You know, you are the priorities wrong. Mm -hmm. Good. A dog that you want in the house should be sleeping in a crate for the first year and then earn its unsupervised freedom where you have the dog on a pillow in the living room or wherever and you leave the room for five minutes and then you come back and the dog is still there and everything is intact. Good boy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the another time, you do it for 10 minutes and then 15 minutes. So in small increments, the dog is earning your trust with this being unsupervised loose. Okay. But until you can do that, when he's out, you have to supervise the dog. Yeah. You know, otherwise it would be like, you know, having a toddler and, and handing him the key to the Porsche and say, okay, fix up. You know, <laughs> Go and go wherever you want and do whatever you want. You know, you wouldn't do that. So why are we doing this with dogs? Why are we leaving them loose and then complain how they destroy this and destroy that? There is a nifty invention that I never really found out who invented it, but it's called a leash. (laughs) Right. <laughs> so when you take the dog out of the crate you put it on the dog and you walk with him through the house and if he pays attention to things that you don't want him to interfere with you give him a tug on the leash and go no you, know? you don't get to play with that you don't get to pay attention to that it's not yours Yeah. and so you teach them and you have the leash on and then you have people over and you have your foot on the leash but the dog is still in the down next to you on the leash so the dog gets accustomed you having friends over, and he can be around, but he has to be not on. And, and do you, you teach them those things. They, they're not born knowing that. You know, they know how to hunt, kill animals, and eat, and live in a pack. That's what they know. They're born with that knowledge. But outside of that, you have to teach them everything else. Their interaction with us and living with a human needs to be taught. And a lot of people don't do it. And then just you the dog is so wild and he pulls and he chews up everything and he does all those things. You know, it's like, okay, you know, leash. <laughs> and even especially small dogs. I have clients where I say, okay, put the leash on the dog. Take a belt, feed it through the hand loop of the leash, put it around your waist and for the entire Sunday, wherever you go, your dog goes. And if he does anything that you don't like, give him a tug on the leash, tell him no and correct your dog. A lot of them look at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) And then there's those that are curious and they try it. And then come back to my class and say, hey, it worked great. I can leave the dog loose now. He follows me around everywhere and lies down by my feet when I'm washing the wares and... When I'm doing this and when I'm doing that, I can now work from home with the dog just lying down next to me instead of running through the apartment crazy, chasing a ball and yeah. and barking at it. and Wonderful.
1: Yeah. What about separation anxiety? Because a lot of humans don't realize we create that problem. Of course. <laughs> I tell people, there's so many,
0: and it's the COVID dogs, right? It's mostly the COVID dogs. Where you have... The dog having 24 hour access to you and then people started to go out of, back out to work and the dog is like, oh, my God, I'm being abandoned here and go nuts. How do you prevent it? Crates. Put the crate in a room where the dog can see you, but you put the dog in a crate and you sit down and you watch TV and you say, OK, you're going to be alone by, by yourself for a while. And the dog learns that it's OK to be alone. Yeah. And then you graduate putting the crate in a, in the next room where the dog doesn't see you. And you, you gain small increments. You come back after a few seconds, open up the crate when he's quiet. You he come back after 10 minutes, after half an hour, watch a whole full-length movie for an hour and a half, two hours, and then let the dog out. And so you teach them it's okay to be by yourself. And if you stay quiet, I'll open it up. Instead, what people do is the dog starts bawling down the place and then they open it while he's doing that. So the dog learns, yeah, I just have to yeah. cry hard enough and she'll come and open the crate for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know. They cry, they pee on themselves. It's stress, right?
0: It's not that and it's a dog so mischievous that peed and pooped everywhere and mush up everything and, and chewed up everything. No, the dog is not mischievous. The dog is stressed. Peeing, pooping and destroying things relieves stress. So for the whole length of time that you were gone, that's what he was doing. How do I fix it? A crate. But wouldn't, make that, m- wouldn't that make it worse? No. <laughs> you know, and if you had used one from the beginning, that would have never been yeah, an wow, issue in the probably. first place. No dog is born with separation anxiety. Correct. It's created by humans. When I'm leaving home, I don't tell my dogs, bye. When I come back, I don't tell them, hi, bye. as a matter of fact, I just spend yeah. an hour and a half in traffic, right? I need to pee. <laughs> so, so it's move, right? <laughs> move. I don't know, not right now. And then you know, go to the washroom, come back out of the mm. room, greet my family and whatever, and then go to change clothes and sit down on the bed. And then by that time he has calmed down again, and I like, say, right, come. And then he can get this greeting yeah. in a calm frame of mind, right? Not when he's all hyped.
1: Yeah, I think we. We are starting to, um, or at least some of us are starting to humanize dogs. Yeah. You know, something else I hear and people say now is um, dogs, dogs are the new children and, um, and um, plants are the new pets. You know, so mm-hmm. we, you know, some of us are viewing dogs as, as humans. You know, they're baby. There's,
0: but I want to make a distinction there. It, there's nothing wrong if somebody decides, okay, I, I'm not really into children, but I love dogs. And have the dog instead of children right for as long as they don't treat the dog like a child okay that is where that is where it goes sideways yeah if you have a dog and you treat it like you train it you work it if it's a working dog right you work the dog you interact with the dog you teach the dog you praise the dog you correct the dog if necessary then and you have a healthy relationship that way, then there's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm not one of those religious nuts that says you must have children, right? But do it the right way, Yeah. do it the right way or you set yourself up for a whole heap of hurt and trouble, you know? Is is doing that give them the mental and physical stimulation? The higher the your drive level on your dog is, the more of that they need. And good nutrition. You know, that's why I feed raw, available on our Amazon storefront. Designed <laughs> by my son.
1: Shameless plug. Of course.
0: <laughs> of course. Must put that in there. Oh, um because I've been feeding raw for so many years. And in this country, you couldn't talk to a vet about that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there was
0: instant condemnation so that you still can't and talk to you about that yeah. And yeah but now they have no longer an excuse now I can call them out on it because there's so many studies that came out in the last year on the benefits of feeding raw that they have no longer a leg to stand on right and the biggest thing that they always told me is yeah but raw food the problem is salmonella really didn't we just have a worldwide recall on dog food that was contaminated with salmonella and it was kibble? In all those decades I'm feeding raw to my dogs, I never had that problem. <laughs> not once, not once did I have a dog that had salmonella. And there's a reason for that. Okay. And it has something to do with the acid level in their stomach. And killing bacteria upon entry. I don't know any dog shed salmonella. I said, okay. How is it shedding something that was destroyed on impact? You know? Radio silence. So, I'm not a veterinarian. I don't claim to be one. All I know is, I've done it for three decades and never had a problem. Right? I had more problems with kibble. So, not me and that.
1: Yeah, I think first for us, one, um, you know? one funny story is... um. Sambo and Coco, they donate blood by the, vet, um, the veterinary hospital in mongto mm-hmm. And the first time they went, so in order to donate blood, they have to do a blood test mm-hmm. to make sure your dogs are in um, healthy condition, I guess. Right. You know, they make sure they're scoring on certain levels right. in order to donate mm-hmm. blood. And um, his scores were exceptional. So then they asked me, what is his diet? <laughs> and I was like, well, he eats raw? And they were like, are you serious? What does he eat? So I go about telling them, you know, what does he eat? And they were like, well, what, what kind of meat does he eat? Does he eat chicken? Does he eat duck? Does he eat rabbit, blah, etc., etc. And I was like, well, I feed variety. I change up the proteins, mm-hmm. you know, but I follow certain guidelines. But, I mean, the reason I'm telling, this, um, telling you all this is because here, even in our vet school here, they are somewhat against raw.
0: Not anymore really. Okay. There's the same lecture that I told you earlier about. At the end of it, before I closed off, I said, seeing that I have all the experts in one room. Because <laughs> all the instructors were there, right? How old is this dog? And the closest they got was four and a half. I said, No, he's eight. And they were baffled and they were looking at each other. It's like, what do you mean he's eight? I said, Yeah, he's eight years old. And then one said, you feed raw. Hmm. I said, yes. He said, that is the only way he could be looking like that. Because he was jet black, not a gray hair in his face. Right. And he was eight years old. You know. And then she proceeded to tell me after that they're actually doing a, a long-term study right now on raw food. Okay, good. In, in um, UV, well, in, in the vet school. Yep. Right, for the student research program or something like that. It goes over a few years. And they had already found out that most commercial kibble contains chemicals that promote aging, right? Not, it's not news to me. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> it's just another nail in the coffin of dog food, right? For me. Yeah. So they, they, they can't really make those arguments anymore. It, it, there's too much evidence out that proves the opposite. So and more and more vets now get open to it by, by force, yeah. And then when they see my dog, it's like, oh, this dog looks real healthy. You know how Force's coat is super shiny, right? He actually the other day I looked at him; the glow of the TV glistened in his coat <laughs> in the dark <laughs> when the light off,
1: yeah. right?
0: <laughs> Just the glow of the TV, you could see the whole silhouette of the dog because of the sheen of his coat. And so yeah, the power of raw.
1: Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people um reach out to me because because that's something that I am very public about, how I feed my dogs yeah, raw. Yeah, I saw the video with him
0: eating the whole chicken. Yeah, and yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. How, um that I make their own food. And a lot of people are getting into that now. You know, yeah. they're making their own food, they're educating themselves. Um I saw one company, I can't remember their name, um, who are offering raw food, prepackaged food in Trinidad. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name, but you know it's something, um, something interesting. I'm, sh- I'm sure in the future, more people might start to sell because, as you said, just recently we had a recall. Yeah. A worldwide we re- recall mm-hmm. from a yeah. very popular um, brand yeah. of and chow that people here and I use a lot of too. Yep. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. You know. And it, it's. It is not hard if you have a little freezer space. It's not hard to do. It's not any more work. I mean, chow is convenient, yes. Especially if you have to travel a lot and you have to send your dog for boarding. Right? Those facilities are not re- equipped to feed your dog raw. And the, and I shouldn't say not equipped. Not prepared to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah? Some of them are because, I mean, I, I travel a lot and they, uh, they do it for me. So what I'll do, I'll pre-package it. Mm-hmm. And um, Mr. freeze defrost, it, defrost yeah, defrost yeah. So they the just defrost even. and give it to them. But I understand what you're saying, a lot of them are still a little apprehensive about the whole raw thing and, mm. and all that. But, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's i mean, people like to use the word oh, chow is um, dry, dry cable is more convenient, but i mean, part of it is a little laziness to it. We yeah. need to change our culture when it comes to these pets.
0: I i defrost things overnight, same, right? So it's defrosting while I'm sleeping <laughs> and in the morning I put it in the bowl right it is more work for me to unlock the door go to our next room outside open a container with a screw lid and scoop out count cups and everything in the chow and put it in the bowl and then walk back in, in the kitchen because it's three dogs I have to feed and they're not feeding at the same time and then do all that is more steps than me feeding raw
1: yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, <laughs> yeah, the other arguments. Some people like to say it's it's more expensive, but to me, that's it's debatable. Not, it's not, yeah, that's debatable it's because not. you also have to factor in um, overall health care. I mean, my dogs, yeah. there's, there's nothing wrong with them, I've never had to take them to the vet for any health issue, so so in the end, it works out cheaper for me, yeah, <laughs> and the
0: dog is going to live longer, you know. There's... um a vet that turned nutritionist, Dr. Karen Shaw Becker. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a book, The Forever Dog. And when she brought out the book and she co-wrote it with um, Rodney Habib, and they were ostracized by the veterinary profession. How you as a vet can r- write something like this? I mean, this, it was terrible. For years they got pressured and she formed a YouTube channel and talked about it and you know, kept justifying it. And now that all his research is out, that proves her right. That book is a New York bestseller. Mm. Also available on our Amazon storefront, by the way.
1: Shameless flip. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she now brought out a second book, or the two of them brought out a second book called The Forever Dog Life, 120 Recipes for Raw Food, right? So that's also a good, a good thing to, to take a look at. Soon available on our Amazon <laughs> store. <for it>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, plus, um, plus, as I said, you know, persons could, there's a lot of um, free free knowledge on raw food, a lot of um, recipes. You know, you are, of course, I always advise persons to reach out to certified dog nutritionists because a lot of people reach out to me, hey, um, do you think it's a good idea to give my dog X or? Mm-hmm. How much I should feed you. I, I had a nutritionist
0: on a podcast uh, yeah. two episodes ago. The Animal Synergist. <coughs> yeah. And we were talking for over two hours about nutrition. And it was quite interesting. And in my conversation with her, I found out that a lot of the things I was doing, I was kind of spot on. So I just keep doing it.
1: yeah,
0: And it shows in my dogs.
1: But that's what I was now going to say. Your dog's the thing with them that I find so interesting, you can actually kind of see what's working, you know, through their code, through their, yeah. through the, um, how active they are. You see,
0: you see the videos with, with my dog Heidi. When I swing her and she's all horizontal, mm-hmm. hanging, she's eight years old. That dog is eight years old. Yeah, and I'm swinging, like her f- I'm swinging her um, on her tug, 360, with her Airborne. And she loves it. You know?
1: Yeah, she doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. Just so Ninja didn't look 10. Yeah. You know? The only reason why he's no longer around is he had some neurological condition. I forget the name because I would never pronounce it. It's, it's where it goes up in one leg. It's a lameness, a paralysis that travels up one leg. And then across the hip, down the other mm. leg. And then eventually it will travel along the spine and affect the organs and everything else. And so it got to the point where he kept collapsing and couldn't wow. really wo- walk. And then it was just before it would have affected his organs, which is life-threatening anyway. So I decided to, to not have him suffer. Yeah. But um, if it wasn't for that, you see up here, you, you see it in Sambo. The intelligence in the eyes and I, I want to work. This, this readiness, it was there all the way to the end. Yeah. You just couldn't physically. All right. You know? I said, how much of that can you override? Because at some point, in the beginning, I thought it was arthritis that had him slow down. And I threw a ball and he was crying, trying to go after the ball. It's just his rear end wasn't cooperating. And that is when we realized, okay, there might be more to it than just arthritis, you know, and um, that is what it was. So, yeah,
1: but how did he th- get that? Did they have find out?
0: Apparently it, they can get that with age. If there is, it, I guess it could be hereditary, but it's not something that you can really test for, from what I understand. It's, it's something that affects older dogs and it affects some and not others. The, the fact that he had it doesn't mean his litter would, for instance. So, and if they work a lot, that can happen too. And who God knows he worked, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's sometimes with the high drive, you can, you can, you know, Anytime a dog is a bit on the extreme side in, in something, there's always the chance that something else comes with it. You know, that has been my experience. That is not any biological fact or anything. That is, I, do, they, I don't know any research on this topic. It's just my personal experience working with dogs for a number of decades that any dog that is extreme in something, there tends to be something else that comes with it that we don't really want, you know, so
1: yeah with the um with the training is there uh or have has anybody figured out like a certain amount of hours one should put in? because now compared to like when samba was a puppy i don't really need to train as much because before it was like every day mm-hmm. you know every day we were doing something and learning right. and you know you're sharpening sharpening well
0: what what tends to happen is In the beginning, everything is new. So you practice it. So you practice his sits, you practice his downs, his recalls, his healing, his this, his that. Then the protection. And then you have to put more obedience into the protection. Because the drive is now higher and now you have to get through to him to have the control with it. And so it's it's a lot of that going on. But then you inadvertently Have that in everyday life. So that you tell him heal when you go to the car, you tell him hop to jump in. Mm -hmm. So you're giving him commands all day long. And to your dog, that is training. Training. Because if he doesn't do something with A, I said hop. You know. That is training. It yeah. just no longer feels like training to you. Yeah, yeah, that was, because, that was because exactly what I was going to say. It just, it just, yeah. it's because built it in into everyday life. Yes, it, it's built into, into everyday life. And then we don't view it as a training session anymore, <laughs> but it's a, it's a micro session. Yeah. Every time you tell him something, is a micro session because if he's not doing it properly, you tell him that he didn't do it properly, right? then you make him do it over and that is a train that's what training is
1: yeah
0: right so we train dogs all day long and just don't register it
1: no it's true it's true you because know? saturday saturday evening i went to the bamboo cathedral with coco mm-hmm. who's the younger one and uh, um what was i doing while we were walking through the cathedral I was filming to show people the actual cathedral, Mm -hmm. how how the bamboo um, forms the cathedral roof, and Coco is off-leash. And I have the phone in my hand, and I am um, walking around in a circle. And it's only after when I just kind of look downwards. She is with me, you know. So even though we were walking in a straight line, she's off-leash, but she knows to stay on my left, even while I'm filming and making a circle, she's just making the circle with me, stop, she stops. You yep. know, so without even realizing it, you know what I mean? But I guess I am just probably just so accustomed with having them with me and, you know, or they probably just so accustomed with with just walking next to me. It's, it's seamless now. Yeah.
0: They, your dogs performing <coughs> all those tasks has become a way of life to your dogs. That's what they know. Yeah. That's what you practiced with them and that's what they know and that's what they do. So un- unless you, you actively tell your dog, okay, free or go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know they wouldn't go off exploring because by default it's on your side
1: yeah yeah
0: so whether there's a leash or not because it was practiced on and off leash
1: yeah right yeah so
0: the dog is simply doing what it was taught Yeah, you know, she's doing what she's taught she doesn't know that you're filming right and she's probably questioning why this man running around <laughs> in a circle, right? Eh? Like, where are we really in? But she's she's having those thoughts while on your side. Oh,
1: yeah. Right? Oh, yeah.
0: And that's what happens if, if you train properly. Those things inadvertently happen. It's true.
1: It's you know? true. It really makes it... I mean, I mean, no wonder when people see them... They're like, well, this looking easy, boy. <laughs> you
0: know, and that is the problem, right? <laughs> that is the problem. That is the problem. And and it's the same with 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 um, YouTube videos. It makes it look easy, and so everybody is like, you know, we live a, in a time where everything is a click away. So okay, I just have a a, a few sessions, and my dog does this. No, <laughs> right? For your dog to do this, it's about a two-three months, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like so much, mm. well. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you body, you body the the dog with that drive level, right? (laughs) It's not me. I didn't get the dog for you. Yeah. You decided to have a a dog of of that drive level, and so now you have to work it and keep it occupied because this dog is gonna entertain himself with your garden hose. Yeah. Yeah, we were with the bumper skin of your car. Oh yeah. With your PVC plumbing. Oh, if yeah. you don't
1: oh yeah oh yeah. yeah well thankfully we never to this day we never had any of those issues but again it was you know great training yeah great yeah. training yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right
0: yeah. your dog went through that phase supervised so he didn't get to do it
1: yeah yeah that's another thing because we you know with your guidance we we stimulated our dogs physically, mentally through the yeah. training. You know the constant yeah. Um, homework. Night. Yeah, the constant socialization. Never had any issue with the car. N- nothing.
0: Sometimes I take Force with me to work, for a oh slower yeah, oh day. Yeah. I just take him with me. You know, just to hang out. And he loves it. You know, he absolutely loves it. He, sometimes he wants to come in front uh, no <laughs> go back and then he looks at me and lies down <laughs> you know <laughs> a little peeved yeah but yeah and he's, he's now taking a page out of Ninja's playbook if I'm driving on the highway and it's a constant drone he goes to sleep mm. but the moment we slow down and I gear down he, okay he's, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, looking at yeah. the windows and yeah when we're in traffic, there's a traffic jam on the highway. He's staring down the drivers on the other side in the car next to us through the window. <laughs> and if they turn their head and look at him, we go... <laughs> 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 yeah, and
1: that's the only just, thing I think I do just, like about just Tom. It's just fun, you know? It's true. That is, you know, we don't have much public, like restaurants and like malls, you know, like how in other countries you could take your dog... Yeah,
0: but, but that is because we're not ready. I believe we're not ready as a as a society here. We're not we're not ready for that yet. There's can you imagine the, hus- the 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 um mastiff I was talking about earlier, and somebody decides oh dogs are allowed now in 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 a pub, and they take this dog and somebody comes with a little Yorkie and sits on the table next door. <laughs> And tables merge. No (laughs) way! Tables just merge (laughs) while no human is moving. Yeah, that would that would not be fun, right? And and so yeah, we don't have that. Once it's an acceptable fact that if you have a dog, you need to train it, right? And everybody does, then we can strive for that. I don't think that it will take us probably another ten years. Really? Yeah, five to ten years. Before we can get there at the rate that we're going presently, I've seen a lot of change from '98 to now, I must say, and you can tell also by some of the items that are being sold in the in the pet stores, right Now you have pet boutiques mm-hmm. that specialize in clothing and fancy little pillows yeah, for little yeah. dogs and <laughs> and there must be selling a lot of it. Because you find those at the most expensive malls where the rent is really high. Yeah. True. So that stuff must sell. Yeah. To somebody. Not to me, but <laughs> somebody,
1: right? Yeah. Four scarf in those dresses, nah, I think. Nah, nah.
0: <laughs> you put that on for us, and he's going to watch you. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to put in that? My Ooh. front paw? <laughs> 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 <You> no, <know. laughs> nah, he's. He, even if if you put um like even the agitation harness when you put that on him he's looking at it's like, what's that about you know yeah uh, restriction. yeah he doesn't <laughs> listen it, that dog is I have been extremely close to ninja, and it took me ten years to reach that emotional point, right, but for us he's next month he's three years. And he almost has me there. Really? Yeah. It's the shenanigans of that dog that that get that done, right? So, about a year ago, I wanted to clip his nails. You can ask my family. It was comical. It was an MMA fight. Without the hitting. (laughs) And no growling or biting. Just wrestling. Just wrestling. (laughs) This dog is, what, 110 pounds. And I'm lying down on him trying to to get a foot out from under his body. And by the time I have it, and he's watching me and he's letting me have it, right? And he's he's pulling, but I have it. And I reach in my pocket and I get out the clipper. I am holding an empty hand. (laughs) Because that paw just retracted and went back under the body. And I'm trying to I rolled with him, with him on top of me upside down. And I put two legs around his waist trying to get one foot to clip on it and he managed to get out of the center. Listen, that dog knows Gracie Jujutsu. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> I swear. It was I had to laugh at the end. I <laughs> think I said, Go. It was I was exhausted.
1: Yeah. So you lost.
0: Yeah, that is one bottle that I lost. So I just walk <laughs> him on concrete <laughs> up and down and throw a ball on concrete. So yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, so we do it in the natural way now. <laughs> right? We use the oversized Dremel, which is our driveway. <laughs> and, and get that done. <laughs> no, <laughs> because I'm not, I'm not going for this. You know. And I don't know if it is at the vet or wherever he had a bad experience mm. with it. And I can hold his foot now. He will let me. Front or hind. It was cool. But the moment he sees the clipper. Yeah. Shoop, he uprights himself and buries all. The front paws like a cat. He curls them in. And they're under his chest. Can't get it. And he puts his head down too. And if you come from the side, he puts his head down on that. And then use his nose to push your arm away. He, he, that dog knows jujitsu telling you it's fun though <laughs> it's fun it's fun That's and it crazy. just adds to his personality
1: yeah and I think um, they, they all have their own their own individual personality you know it's, it's, it's so interesting and,
0: and the one thing that he doesn't tolerate is somebody he doesn't know touching at,
1: mm. at
0: all at all so even for his knee operation every x-ray every exam he had to get knocked out And you can't just knock him out. Because to completely knock him out, it has to be IV, right? For that, you have to get a Yeah, That means you have to touch him. You have to shave him. (laughs) No, you have to give him a tranquilizer first for him to be almost out so that you can then access to the front foot to give him the other one that knocks him out.
1: Yeah.
0: And so (laughs) it's in my best interest to keep him as healthy as possible so that I have the least amount of vet visits.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, because... He's not having it.
1: Yeah, it's the same thing when um when Sambo has to donate blood, they were like um no nah, we are custom dealing with dealing with big males. I'm like not this oh, one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm I'm warning y'all. They brought in two two um two male assistants to literally wrap their entire bodies around him. Mm-mm. No, no, they were like all, all right, that now,
0: does. We need to pay him. To all that, that, that does is set the driver. Oh yeah, uh, same with force. This boy, after his knee operation, he pulled off the bandage. So they told me, well, come back tomorrow. We put a new one. <coughs> so I came, put him on the scale. They gave him the tranquilizer and the muscle and the back. We waited 40 minutes. He was on a table now, right? One of them electric tables. Mm-hmm. He was up, mm-hmm. And my boy pretended he was out. So the, the, the front part of the foot hanging off the table, his head between his feet, slow, even breaths. Right? Eyes closed. He's out. And she comes in the room and she just rests the, the packs of the bandage on the table next to him. And he fly around trying to, <laughs> trying to bite her. Now, I had put the muzzle back on after. Yeah. Just before she came in the room. Because you have to take it off just in case he vomits. And when he looked, okay, he's out. Right? I put the muzzle back on. And that is what saved her. <laughs> and then she said, Well let's let's see how he's going for the weekend without this the, the bandage, just keep him calm, you know. It's like and then we see how that goes. And maybe he doesn't need a new one, you know. <laughs> and then yeah, they called me a few weeks later, how is he going? I said, Yeah, good and, then. and that's the last I heard. I'm sure if I go back with him there, people have their lunch break at that time. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> because yeah. I'm sure there are some people when I picked him up after the operation they let me to wherever he was so that I take him out because they let him wake up in that kennel for and nobody goes in there <laughs> yeah so they were they were a little afraid of him
1: yeah the first time the first time we boarded Sambo they um so he he's boarded by his vet mm-hmm. and they they have a yard they let them out and they said they take them for walks. And I was like, Y'all are gonna be able to walk him in. They were like, no nah, man, we are custom. Mm. I was like, okay, no problem. And I, so when I go to collect him now, as I am walking into the vet clinic, one of the vets, they're like, um, you only black dog? I was like, yeah, okay, thank God. <laughs> everybody, everybody there knows Sambo. And they couldn't wait. They all came out and watched me walk out with him. It was so funny. Now, now they don't walk him. They'll just leave him in the canal and leave him. They'll yep. try to walk them again. Because they didn't realise now nah, he is going to walk you. You yeah. <laughs> know? Yeah, if he doesn't
0: know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that walking on slug leash, that is for my owner.
1: Correct. Correct.
0: But Aaron told me the, the one of the females <clears> that he that he has from from Forces litter she's like that too
1: right? mm. yeah this is the one he traded or yeah. okay
0: yeah she's a bit like that he says I think I think uh, I think Raj kind of give up and <laughs> directly working with her <laughs> she tried to fly at him a few times <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it runs in the family Yeah, oh, so gosh. when I told him about force he said yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Freya can be like that <laughs> you know and it's just, I love a dog like that, to be honest yeah. with you. I I like a dog that is a little difficult because uh, it's a challenge. And we are good with him, you know. Both my son and my wife, everybody can pet him, handle him, tell yeah. him where to go, what to do, you know. And that's, that's the important part. Yeah. Everything else I'll deal with. I'll put a muzzle on him and put him on a leash. And if need be, we knock him out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because the thing for us, I mean, once you have once you have people like you guiding guiding a new dog owner or or any any dog owner with that level of drive, you know, once your dog have that level of drive, you're good. Because really and truly, like when we got Coco, Dareem had called me, he was like, Sean, I have two for you to choose from. Mm-hmm. I have one who is bigger, long haired, you know, decent drive, mm-hmm. and then I have another one who's small, she's the runt of the litter, but she's spicy. Just so he describes it, I was like, give me the spicy one. <laughs> you know, because I was like, well, I good, because I have, I know I've done to worry about, I have a mark to help me, and I want the one with more drive.
0: Yeah. And you would no experience, because you raised to adulthood, Yeah. one of those dogs already, so yeah. you didn't know what to do. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, it wasn't as um, scary, or you know. No as he first time and that
0: is always uh, my goal that when i have somebody with their dog is to to train the human not just the dog but to train the human to the point where if they get another dog they don't really need me yeah that is the idea you know it's not just the 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 show a dog owner okay this is how you say sit and this is how you say down and, you know this is what you do with your dog and then okay that's it no Is there also to to teach the understanding as to why you do certain things, why you don't do other things, you know, what you should never do and why so that there is a full understanding taking place, you know, as to what your dog needs and what your dog should not get. And once that is there. You know, it's common sense taken over after that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that is how it's supposed to be. Definitely, because the process, the process was a lot easier with Coco. Yeah. When compared to Sample.
0: And with every dog, it gets easier yeah. because more experience. So imagine you would be doing this twenty, thirty years. Right. And then somebody comes to you with some BS story about. <laughs> how special their dog is and that's why it's not doing this or not doing that or can't learn this. And you look at them and you're trying to be nice. (laughs) You know. (laughs) And so sometimes it's, it's, it's tough, especially when you see comments online. And I have learned that certain comments you just don't respond to. Because you can tell by the comment that is being made that there is no education taking place, and there won't be any ed- education taking place because I make one attempt at, at explaining something, and if the person comes back with the same BS, then I know okay this is what's happening, right? And then mm-hmm. I stop. I'm not going. I'm not jumping down a rabbit hole with you. But if say, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, I'm going to engage that person further and trying to help them. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm learning. But this whole social media thing, I'm learning how to how to filter. Yeah. In the beginning, I wanted to respond to everything.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, know,
0: you go mad. <laughs> you go mad. Oh, you know. But genuine questions, yeah, they get answered. And that's why we do our Friday night live on TikTok every week. And answer questions.
1: Yeah. Huh? Yeah, because even though you... Um, we weren't doing as much training with Coco as we did with Sambo. I still needed the guidance because it was a totally different dog, you know, yeah, different dog personality, yep. Yep. you know, yep. different yep. things, you know. So, so we had to figure out, you know, what makes um, her tick as opposed to Sambo, you know, how to tweak it a little differently. So, so I mean, the guidance was still needed, you know what I mean? Yep. Which is good, you know, which is good that, that your customers still have access to you like that.
0: And they will always have, you know, it's yeah. if, if I have a client, I have clients that I had 15, 20 years ago that get a dog and somehow resurrect. My number has changed from 20 years ago, but they get the number and they contact me. Mark, you might not remember me. My name is so-and-so and you trained a dog for me in this location. And because they mentioned the dog and the location, Clicks right because mm. I'm, t- I'm hopeless with names, right? Uh. I'm terrible with names, and I say, like, Yeah, I remember the dog. So, oh, great, yeah. Um, so we got this puppy, <laughs> you know, and I gladly go back. And then it's a faster process than the first one because they still remember most of right. it, you know. And then there's those that don't have much time but they kind of have the dog, and then they say, "Look, can you do this year-round?" I say, "Sure, no problem. I'm not allergic to money. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I will do it. I will work with the dog once a week. Sure, if that's what the client wants, yeah. and that's what they are, what I yeah. do, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's what we with was doing thing. for years. With Samba, we did that. Yeah, like, it was once a week. It was yes. every Friday. Yeah, so
0: throughout his yeah. from, from puppy, from
1: puppy, the days it was Friday or Tues. Anyways, but um, yeah, we did yeah, that. I think Thursday. I can't remember. But we did that once a week for for God knows how long. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and it was from 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 puppyhood yeah. in, into adulthood.
1: Yeah, virtual. Yeah. Into physical. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and, and
0: you know, it shows. When it, I still have some of the clips up on the field. The first once or twice mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. that you know, the dogs were up on, on the field. And if I compare some of those videos with you handling Sambo in a new environment, as a new handler, compared to some club members that are much longer than you, you know, there wasn't much difference.
1: Yeah.
0: I felt so proud. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. and And... Your sister has a very dominant dog and when she had to correct him because he wanted to go after another dog and the, the manner in which she got him back to her side and quiet. Yeah. it was like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> You know, I said, right. <sighs> Good. You know. And yeah, I'm, I'm, every time I see a video with Sambo, I'm like, nice. Nice when I see him, how he behaves at the beach. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and all those things. So I I was like, yep.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's it, it, it's honestly been a lifestyle change, you know, but in a positive way because having them, we had to adjust, we had to change a lot of things, you know, within our own personal lives now. But, I mean, it's been, you know, it's been all positive. Yeah. It's been all positive because having them, and, I mean, see new reaction, I think, like, sometimes... You know, we, we he's almost three, so so I think um we we get accustomed to a lot of things, but like when we take them out in public and people are like, Wow, look how these dogs are like oh y'all are uh-huh. so true. You know, it's only then we kinda like realise, oh yeah, these dogs are really on a different level <laughs> to your average <laughs> yes. dog. <laughs> yes. yes.
0: Listen, when, when I was out with, with Ninja anywhere he was working in a car park with people walking around off leash. You know? And he was also fully protection trained. <coughs> and so, we in a car park working and one of the, the contractors forgot because they got a memo stating that we were working there with the dogs, right? And they just ignore them. And he forgot. So, he's on his phone and he's walking and Ninja now comes around the bumper of the car now Ben in the corner and he gets startled (laughs) so he flings his phone up in the (laughs) air and then and catches his phone and shaking but he's waving his arms (laughs) like this and then you are just paused looked up at him turned around because he loves bite work right and he's like want me to scrap him (laughs) (laughs) he said no so okay put the nose back on the bumper pass him like a bus and continued his search. And I believe up to this day, the man doesn't understand how this dog didn't bite him. He said, Training. Training. He checked in. He knows when he's allowed to bite, he knows when he's not allowed to bite, or when he's uh, allowed to bite only with permission. He checked in to get permission. He didn't get it, so he didn't. It's as simple as that. Right. Right? And he went back continuing his search. And you could call him away from one car with a whistle and point at the next car. And he would go and go to that car and search that car. Just like that. And people would be in the car park watching us work and go like, how? (laughs) (laughs) How how are you doing that? You know, can my dog do that? Um, Probably not. (laughs) You know, he's super high in drive. Ninja was... uh, A or drive level in a German Shepherd and super, super smart too. So he he was an exceptional dog in that sense, you know. So training him was quite easy. It was a lot of work and we didn't do any obedience with him until he was two years old Mm. because it was all just detection, detection, detection. And when he was good at that, then it's okay. Now we have to put some obedience on him. He made his BH at age five. <laughs> you know. We got around to that. But yeah, it is it's fun working with high drive dogs, right? Oh well,
1: yeah.
0: And I'm so spoiled having access to high drive dogs all the time, like I have three of them home, then the club and, and other places where I see high drive dogs, your dogs, you know, okay. some other clients that have high drive dogs. So when I get to work with a dog that is the opposite <laughs> it's like <laughs> <laughs> you know he's not really into food okay wave a toy around or a flirt pole no prey drive not into food how you motivate this dog you know so okay on training days don't give him breakfast right so we want him a little hungry you actually have to make him hungry to get him to do anything because mm. all he wants to do is lie down those are the longest sessions. Those training sessions are the longest training sessions. Mm. You know, because it's like, oh gosh, just move. You know, <laughs> just, just move a little. You know, you're not going to die. Yeah. You know, just do something. And they're just not interested.
1: Yeah. One last um, thing where we forgot to mention too about good genetics is like, a, I'll use a simple example. New Year's, Diwali for fireworks. My yeah. dogs, I have never had to... Acclimatize my dogs, hide my dogs. I've never had to do any of that. Yeah,
0: I have dogs just that sleep through fireworks.
1: Yeah, just like nothing to them.
0: Red <laughs> Force <laughs> first was born in January, right? So his first fireworks because there was COVID as well. So his first fireworks was when he was uh, almost a year old. Was New Year's. I had to wake him up while fireworks going off to see how he's reacting to fireworks. <laughs> And then once he was awake, I took him outside and he came outside in the driveway, looked up. Yeah, cool. Where's my Kong? And he wanted to work. Didn't give two shits about fireworks. Yeah. And just, yeah, let's work, man. <laughs> Elena is the same way. She doesn't care. Heidi will run around, she'll bark a mm-hmm. little bit because she's trying to, to, to find the person that's causing all the ruckus, right? But outside of that, if I put her in a crate, she's, that's it. Yeah. She's cool. You know, so uh, d- genetics, strong nerves, you know, confident. And w- working dogs are supposed to be like that. And I want as many people as possible to hear that. Working dogs are supposed to be like that. I don't want to hear a rottweiler afraid of fireworks yeah to be bred from in germany when they have to do the ctp there is one gunshot on leash and two gunshots off leash that they have to pass without flinching without looking away from the handler otherwise they're not getting the breeding papers right and how many rottweilers have i met here that are absolutely terrified when there is fireworks. And I'm like. And people ask me, what, what what can cause that? It's a poor breeding.
1: Yeah, nothing else.
0: And people look at me like, but it's supposed to be a reputable... it's poor breeding. Plain and simple. There's no other way. If you read for the breed standard, right? This is not supposed to happen. Hmm. According to the breed standard. So Whoever bred this dog did not breed according to the breed standard. Otherwise, this wouldn't be happening. It's similar for the shepherd, the Mal. All the working lines, working dogs, are supposed to be steadfast and strong-nerved. Yeah. That's why they're working dogs. Otherwise, they can't do the work. If the slightest thing startles them, how they work in. So true. You know. It's that's why working. I'm glad that now we're getting more trials, working trials yeah. again, so that people can test their dogs and improve their breeding. Hopefully, hopefully those who are honest <laughs> enough to take part, you know? Yeah, hopefully. And um, yeah, hopefully we can only hope. Yeah. But it's it's we have to try and, 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 and aim and educate dog owners. And it's only through that we can force breeders to up their game. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. it's through the pressure of their market. You know, so when, when customers ask for certain things, you know, and, and get it. Oh, yeah. So I think we we pretty much touched everything that we wanted to touch. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here. I know you're a super busy guy with your business. And I appreciate you taking the time to, to come here and chat. And um, I think it it's encouraging to a lot of dog owners out there. You know, to do work with their dogs and to, to incorporate their dogs into more aspects of their life than just the yard. You know, because it's only then we can improve things. When we get more people doing this and other people seeing it and hearing about it. And that way we can improve the lives of dogs. We can improve the quality of dogs. You know, because if people demand better dogs, breeders have no choice but to provide it. And yeah, and it was a nice insight into Sean Alexander. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, 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 um, that is not food related, <laughs> <laughs> except for the, the dog food, the raw dog food, <laughs> the dog food. Um, so yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you all so much for for bringing me on. You know, I think um, I think education is important, and um, you know, as long as more more dog owners like myself because I consider myself an average dog owner you know so give yourself some credit <laughs> you know but I think um, you know as long as more persons like myself and you know persons who now want to want to get it into owning a pet you know continue to educate themselves we'll be well on our way yep I agree right. cool thanks buddy thank you, you. Oh, that was